Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Matt Island. Hey, back again. Back again. No. Yeah. The danger of that almost being regular. Almost, <laughs> yeah, nearly. <laughs> it is. Where are we? We're now almost in the middle of August. And at the start of this week, uh, it appears like we're heading into another heat wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been getting so. Well, obviously, lorry drivers have had a lot to contend with with it. With it with the, the heat, which they have to every summer, you know, there are hot days every year. This, this year's had some extra hot ones. It's weird though, there was a statistic on the news like Scotland's had 91% of its usual rainfall, whereas the south of England's had like nine. Yeah, that sounds and they're, getting right. a bit, they're getting a bit of a worry and a panic about that. I don't get how, I mean, considering that Britain is quite a, mainland Britain is quite a small country. And you consider it smaller than some like American states. You could drop it inside of Texas. You would think, well, can you not just run a pipeline mm. uh, of water from the north to the south? Yeah. You know, if, if they need it, you know, and then work out that way. But they seem to be having a panic about it. And I'm like, well, we need to, you need to adapt. You know, we could get some water tankers and they'll go and shift water from one part of the country that doesn't have it to somewhere that needs it. Yeah, like um, Southern. Which I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I believe that's been done in the past. There's been some quite big operations with water tankers before taking it from one place to another. Yeah, I think from Yorkshire um, southwards, I think from memory, I could be wrong, but yeah, I seem to remember stuff like that happening. I mean, we could really do with some in Suffolk. It's been mm-hmm. so dry for weeks and weeks. Um, I don't. We haven't got a host pipe ban yet, but I'm sure that'll be coming. And it's just the, the ground is just bare. All the grass is dead. It's really. And we're sort of not that far from sugar beet season starting as well. We mm. could we could really do with do with a bit of rain, to be honest. Um, and yeah, the, this heat wave—it's um, yeah, it's all right if you've got a truck with air conditioning. I've been I've been teaching for the last uh, week or two, and all the trucks are a bit older, and they've not got mm. well. If they've got aircon, it's not it needs a regas, which perhaps I should mention. Uh, so yeah. so driving around town with the windows open, just sort of. Mm-hmm. Try and do the best. I mean, the one good thing, being holiday time, Ipswich, where we do all the training and that's where the exams take place, has been so quiet. It's been a real, almost a pleasure to drive around because it's just, there's no schools in, there's no real bad hold-ups. It's been, if it could be like that all the time, it would make life so much Ah. easier. (laughs) Yeah, so much easier. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, dream on. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, with air conditioning, I mean, in recent years, people have been more apt to get it repaired on lorries and keep on top of it because the drivers, you know, aren't going to be happy if it doesn't have op- operate an aircon. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I knew hauliers that would get a truck in, like tippers, things. Oh, it's got aircon on it. Take the aircon compressor off and throw it away. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we don't want we don't want that in the truck. It's just stuff to go wrong. And yeah, it's, it isn't. If you get the aircon serviced, when you get the rest of the truck serviced and get it regassed and, you know, have a little check over like you're supposed to, then it won't really give you any problems Yeah. if you keep on top of it. Uh, and, yeah, that's the thing. You shouldn't really ever wait until the aircon just breaks as well because it will inevitably break in the summer when you notice it. Exactly, yeah. And then all the all the garages, all the specialists that do air conditioning, when it's busy, in the summer they're flat out anyway. When it gets to a heat wave, their phones are just ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, for getting for trying to get people to get um, air conditioning done, and parts aren't always available at the moment either, with the whole sort of global supply chain issues that yeah. that, that, we're, that we're facing. Is it is it Volvo? Is your training vehicles? Uh, so we got two Volvo Artics, one DAF. I mean, they're both version two, yeah. but like the the, the yeah. early early version two, 
the DAF is a 105. So yeah. So, I know the, the Volvo, they're bad for the, there's an, the, the accumulator for the air conditioning sits at the front under the grill. Right. And if you pop the grill, you'll see this like cylinder thing, and I bet you it's rotted out. Probably. It'll build rusted away, and that's where the that's where the that's what fails on them because my, my pal's got an aircon company up here and I spent a couple of years doing quite a lot of air conditioning vehicles so I, can, I remember some of that as one of the things I've always liked to point out to people I'm like don't wait until the summer to get your aircon looked at you know yeah. sort it out in the winter it goes exactly the same for night heaters you know if your night yeah. heater breaks in the summer don't leave it until it's cold to get it fixed You're because then right. the guys that deal with them are, are, um, are all busy as well. <laughs> are all busy as well. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same with car, cars and all that kind of stuff. There's there's a lot of people that are like, I don't, you don't need aircon in Britain. Don't need that. I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> like, you'll find it, you, know. you really do. Although, um, I can't remember if we mentioned this last time on the podcast. I think that was just when... Did we, have we just had the heat wave or not? I can't remember. But um, yeah, I think we're in the midst of it. I, I think. think we were. Yeah, we were just saying how there's not that many people at the moment saying how they'd happily swap their brand new Scania S series for an old guy warrior um, just to be old school at the moment with no aircon. There's not much of that uh-huh. going on, is there? Let's be honest. No, I mean I do see that there's you get a, a few of the, sort of the hardcore and all that. The guys that are out there still rocking like Foden's and ERFECs and all that. Don't need it. Driving with both the windows down. Yeah. It's like, Go on. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can. You can I mean, got tinnitus now, but uh, yeah, don't need yeah, aircon. <laughs> well, you can get you can get by with it. You know, you can struggle on. Yeah. And you can pull through, but why would you these days? You know, it's. Yeah. Um, I've always um like I quite um, I quite like saw no I like my old cars and things but I like sourcing ones that have got air conditioning as well. Yeah. I mean like I've got that old P there Jastro that's got aircon on it and I'm doing a bit of work to get that sorted out again. It's a nice it's a nice thing to have. Mm. And I think after this year I think you're gonna see a lot of twenty three plate vehicles will be coming with parking aircon although to be fair actually those vehicles all have been ordered last year so they might not yeah that's true <laughs> they already be in spec but i think it's going to become more of a common thing you know you, you, we had fridges come into lorries as standard then microwaves are becoming more common and now you might as well tick the, the xbox and put parking aircon in them as well so you've got the the full shebang yeah yeah exactly why not it's with it being such a driver's market at the moment you really have mm. got to try and spec that truck up because mm. if you've got a good driver, you want to keep hold of them, and it's it's worth the extra money when you look at how long you normally keep the yeah. keep the truck. How much is that going to cost a year? How much is it going to work out a day? And is that worth yeah. worth spending that few extra quid on that driver to keep them happy? Well, with a huge overall cost, not that it's something like a hundred eighty thousand pound for a Scania V eight now. <sighs> Flipping neck. Yeah, yeah, and even if you're going down going down to sort of. What was a more modestly specced tractor unit that was maybe a hundred thousand pounds? Yeah. It's gone up to like one hundred and twenty-five thousand in a year. Blimey. It's 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 mega, and there's big long delays with, with trucks as well. It must mm. be such a difficult time being a truck salesman at the moment. Yeah, because you don't have much inventory to sell. Yeah. you don't have a lot of stuff. So hey, I've got them sitting, got them sitting on the forecourt, and oh, I've got them ready to go. It's like, oh, no. mm. um, I'll be with you in twenty twenty-four. Uh, that's um. That situation's not going to get uh, any easier going forward, I think, as well. So, well, no, definitely not. So you've got to get your truck. You've got to get your truck right, and you might as well just tick those extra bits and pieces on them as you as you go to sort of make it more desirable for the driver and more desirable to whoever comes to buy it at the at the at the other, at the other end. Well, that's right. Yeah, because I I guess I, I wonder if 
all of this supply will will have a knock on effect of people keeping older trucks for a bit longer than what they have yeah. been. You know, rather than turfing them out after a couple of years. Um, you know, obviously the, the larger fleets are still gonna. You know, when they're running yeah. trucks twenty four seven, they're still going to turn them around with with sky high mileage, and they'll be off to Africa and places like that. But I, I wonder whether other ones will will start hanging about for a bit longer. Well, yeah, I've been interviewing people for the magazine, and there's uh, quite a few guys saying, you know, we would get them in new, change them after three years, and it's just not possible anymore. We've got some that are four, four and a half years old, and we haven't been able to swap them over because. Um, we can't. Uh, the replacement trucks uh, aren't available, so mm. they're definitely holding holding on to things for longer. Yeah. Um, but that I mean that doesn't doesn't that has a knock on effect as well for the guy who buys three year old trucks, mm-hmm. uh, who who now can't get his second hand truck. And I've what I've noticed is some of the big truck resellers were um, doing trucks up because you would get a lot of well. Like Maritime's a good example. They're pretty good with their truck, their used truck scheme, where they'll go and customise trucks and tidy them up. Yeah. If you want things added to them, or you can just have it straight off their fleet, and their trucks seem to be pretty popular because I don't think they don't have a very hard life. Those trucks. No. Um, so they, they make quite a good sense second hand. But I say a lot of the traditional fleet trucks, you know, they're whereas normally you'd be wanting say like a five hundred. You know, a fleet truck would tend to be a 450 or a 460, and it would maybe be a high line instead of a top line, but mm. sort of style cab, cabin things like that, that. But I think that's becoming a bit less of the case of the fleet trucks as well, and because some of these resellers uh, are taking the mic. Scania are starting a scheme now uh, to, to do more work with the second-hand trucks that they are getting coming in because they need to make them more attractive to a second-hand market because there's more guys that are looking for anything they can get their hands on and obviously like a, a plain white 450 with grey bumpers isn't really going to do it so they've got to go and take them back in and add a few bits and pieces onto them to mm. make them m- more attractive you know maybe retrofitting fridges into trucks and stuff like that because you just you just can't uh, you just can't get a hold of the things too easily at the moment eh? no I, I think maritime I mean certainly the trucks that are based out of Felix Don containers and I presume a lot of the other fleet where the guys have been tramping, they're always really well specced because I know a few people who've worked for them and, you know, they've got coffee machines, microwaves, except, you know, fridge freezers, blah, blah, blah. And it's all just there in like the whole fleet. And you think, well, if they can manage it, a lot of these other ones can as well, because with the buying power they've got, they're going to be able to get some sort of good deal, aren't they? Let's be honest. Uh, uh, Well, it's what there's quite a lot of, I was at Truck Fest Scotland at the weekend there, which was rammed out, by the way. Because I know if you listen to the news and the, the doomsday scenarios about the cost of living crisis and the recession and everything like that, well, it's not kicked in yet. Because I tell you what, Truck Fest was the busiest I'd ever seen it. Oh, that's good. There were thousands of people at it. Yeah, I was really happy. There was a record number of trucks in there as well. The record did 1,300 in at it. Mm. So it was like mobbed out. So it was good to see, you know, Joe Public out as usual um, admiring all the trucks. There were so many families at it. Excellent. And it's not, I mean, it's not. It's £19 a ticket to go in through the gate with that. I think it's like 47 for a family ticket. That's quite reasonable for, it, yeah. for a truck, yeah. for a truck fest it, truck show. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you've got, I mean, if you're a family, you could do, but if you get in there and they're like, Dad, I want a hot dog or something like that, you know, I want, I want ice cream or something, you could easily burn through 100 quid mm-hmm. uh, in a day as, as a family yeah. doing something like that. So it's positive that, you know, people are out and doing that. That's all sort of, I guess it's going to, I guess it's going to bite with the, the fuel and everything like that in the winter and we see what the, is going to happen with the, the fuel bills and everything else. Mm. Yeah. But fuel had, fuel's come down a bit. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's not come down anywhere near enough. And uh, apart, well, if you're talking about retail fuel for your car, the supermarkets are the worst. They've been keeping the fuel prices higher than they should do. Some of the independents are beating them in price. Yeah. Which is which is disappointing. It's the, the local Tesco is one sixty nine point nine for unleaded, and one seventy six point nine for super. I think it's 185 for diesel around my way. But yeah. it should be about 15 pence a litre cheaper than that. And, of course, the truck diesels need to come down quicker as well because that's hurting a, lot of, hurting a lot of people. It's just cost, cost, cost. Everything's just... Been... Yeah, well, there's quite a difference in price because I think I look today and I think the garage where I, I get mine from... I mean, I've got a fuel card now uh, for me business just to try and try and reduce the costs. And I think the unleaded was at one seventy seven, and the diesel was one eighty seven. I think it was. So mm. it's quite quite a price gap there. Um, but I mean that that came down two p overnight as well because I filled up two days ago, and it was yeah one seventy nine. I think it was. So it's it's dropping gradually, but yeah nowhere near quick enough, and certainly not buy enough. But I, I just don't think it it's not going to go down too far because. They kind of know they've got you by the balls, and you're going to have to buy it. There's no no two ways about it. Uh, they've held up there on that. They've just got the, like, the perfect yeah. excuse now. Oh, it's the, it's the instability in Ukraine. It's mm-hmm. Putin's fault. No, it's like, aye, right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> aye, but I'm talking, I mean, obviously, fuel economy has become more and more important with trucks as well. Yeah. Uh, there aren't too many hauliers that are just driving about. You know, just not caring about fuel anymore. In certain applications, there isn't really anything you can do to influence the fuel. You know, if you've got a livestock float, then, you know, you're going to get like six and a half miles to the gallon with the thing. It's just what it does. Same with, you know, if you're doing short distance tipper work and stuff, you're shunting back and forth. Yeah. You can't do as much to... Uh, and you can't do as much to influence it if you're literally just driving back and forth <laughs> to the yeah. same spot all day. What we've found... Um, well, what we're finding is that with these latest... Um, trucks because we're on Euro 6 E now, we're very nearly at Euro 7 and the fuel returns out some of these new trucks are outstanding uh, Bob Beaches had the Scania 560 which is the new super twin cam 13 litre mm-hmm. he's had that over the last sort of week or so, um, I was supposed to get that truck into a week with it but obviously I can't escape because I'm chained to my desk as usual at this time of year uh, it turns out somebody made a mistake at Scania and didn't put a fridge in it Wow. <laughs> Somehow. I was like, well, I don't want it now. I'll put my bloody Halford's cold box in the passenger seat of that. Um, but at, w- at one point, he had that truck sitting at 32 tonnes at 15.3 miles of the gallon. Wow. Which, I mean, it's obviously not he- massively heavily loaded, but then a lot of trucks aren't loaded to the... <laughs> so loads of trucks aren't loaded at 44 tonnes all the time, or even like over 40 tonnes. There's lots of jobs where if you get a load like that, you're like, oh, bloody hell. Mm-hmm. And it was averaging, I mean, it was getting sort of 11 and a half or something over the whole course of the week. Now, a few years, not that long ago, just a few years ago, if you were getting 10 miles of the gallon on that sort of work, that was a phenomenal result. Yes. And now it's jumped again. Yeah. Well, that- and I'll say it again, what the truck manufacturers are doing with these modern diesel engines is just incredible. Yeah. You know, they're so efficient and they're so clean that you really do have to ask the question about a lot of this alternative technology that is trying to be pushed in, uh, which is going to cost billions and billions in infrastructure to get set up as to just how good uh, safe and clean diesel actually is. But it's been demonised, of course, 
with all these emission scandals uh, and things like that. But that's just it's just phenomenal what they're doing. And of course, they can't really shout about it. They can't go and say, "We're here. Look at how how fantastic our diesel engine is," because everyone would be like, "Boo! No, you can't say that." It's diesel. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you do an electric? Well, there's no, there's no, <laughs> yeah, you know, electric's difficult for long haul operations anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's difficult. And it's just like, what can it, what can it realistically do that's going to be any cleaner than like a diesel that is so clean like that and so efficient? Yeah. Uh, you know, where's the electricity going to come from uh, to, um, you know, to supply the electric for that. I banged on a bit before. Yes. Uh, in the past and all that. But the th- with these engines as well, they're not compromised on power either. Bob said to me that the thing, genu- it, it's got the it's got V8 style grunt. Yeah. This new 560, 13 litre. So it's not um, at the expense of performance, like at all. Yeah. And it's the same, a lot of these, I mean, like MAN's 510 engine, that's one that's quite praised widely for performance. So is the um, Iveco's Cursor 13, which is. Um, got a new 530 version. There's 490, 530, and then the existing 570 with with them. Uh, the likes of Volvo's engine, Volvo's engines as well with the turbo compounding that's out, out there. I mean, I, said, I mean, not every single one of the manufacturers has got a powerful and economical 500 sort of horsepower engine available to them. So, hooray for diesel engines! Yeah, Yay. yeah, <laughs> long reign it. <laughs> So, so I was interested about that. I would love to be able to get back out, back out again and do something. But I reckon that'll be like September, I think. Yeah. Jared from Scania uh, Griffiths, he does like a lot of the fleet stuff and driver training. Uh, I'm going to spend. I'm going to go out with him for a day in the five sixty, and we're going to run it along a test route. I'm going to establish a test run because there used to be a test run that Commercial Water would do back in the day, which took in the sixty eight. Yeah. And some really challenging roads and I was thinking of kind of setting one of those things up again for a few demonstration trucks because I can't because every year like I do I'll go drive in January, February, March maybe April, May didn't manage it this year and then so the, the last few months couple of months of the year I'll manage to get out for a week again and I just can't manage it so I could maybe I could set up some like a good test route for some of these demo trucks so we can go and like sort of compare them um, head head to head on a kind of northern route yeah um and that would be the first one I would use that for Scania 560 because there's um there's a lot of interesting interesting stuff out there and I th- I think I should uh, uh, be uh, out having a shot of it. <laughs> yeah, too. I, I think I should come and join you. Come head to head for a little jolly somewhere different. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, too right. Well, so you're you're quite far. Don't need Suffolk. Yeah, that's well. I mean, you you've got the you've got the old heat wave at the moment. Scotland's not really had much of that. It's quite a nice summer again mm. again here now. Um, but I say it's not like you look at it. It's not. It's not going to be that long until September. Yeah. Uh, and then you know it's basically the run down to Christmas, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but as, um, time is absolutely flying, yeah. isn't it? It really is. Yeah. So we've got we've got convoy in the park in a couple of weeks, um, which I'm not going to because my sister's wedding. But I'm doing the show program at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like they've sold out all the truck village. There's going to be like a thousand trucks at it, and there's um. A lot of good live action stuff. They've got like um, the cars drifting and racing. They've got the truck drifting, the the truck uh, driving experiences, and they've got like um, live bands and all sorts of other entertainment. Uh, you know, if you actually, if you went to that event and actually took in everything at it, then you would, there's a hell of a lot to see and do at it. People tend to go to shows 
and broadly sort of stick to one thing. If you're a truck, if you're bringing your truck in, if you're like a truck guy, chances are you're going to spend quite a bit of time polishing it and getting it ready and then spending the time with your mates sort of in the sort of truck village area. Yeah. And same if you're like a truck racing person, then you're going to be out watching the truck racing and not be so in. There's not really that much of a crossover mm-hmm. between all of those things. So, you know, if you were to go, that's, uh, there's a hell of a lot on there. Um and I hope I just hope that it's actually got nice weather this year because it was um, it wasn't nice last year. It wasn't nice in twenty nineteen. I think it rained in twenty eighteen. I think the first year was a nice one. Yeah. Maybe it was the second year. I've been putting the program. I've been putting the program together for that, which is a pain because um, I've got to go and wait for all the information to come in from other people and exhibitors and all that kind of stuff. It's quite tedious and time consuming when I'm doing the magazine at the same time yeah where was I going oh yeah it was because yeah the magazine we had an issue that the last month the summer issue was only on sale for three weeks because there's this weird thing that goes on with this the production schedule of it uh, something happened with a barcode there was a problem and then distribution the magazine didn't go and get delivered so it sat in the warehouse for an extra week and then it didn't go out last Friday there and apparently it's only just gone on sale today 10 days after what it was supposed to I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning uh, on the Thursday for the deadline, getting that magazine finished off. I was really pleased with that. It's got the best cover we've done for ages. It's got some fantastic features, a load of great trucks in it, and it's on sale massively late. So great. I think I, was, I noticed it in the garage today. It's got Stuart's uh, scan. Yes, it does. It's, it's, got, it's just it's just come out today. Yes, just yeah. finally at last. Ray. So that's a pain. If you've been looking for the magazine and not been able to find it, that's why it was. Uh, some distribution just it was left sat there. So I don't, nothing will probably come of that apart from, you know, saying, yeah, why did that issue sell badly? I'm like, because it wasn't on sale for half the month. <laughs> <sighs> Good old transport. Yeah, any any sector of it, eh? <laughs> but what, it used to be, well, the thing is with that, that for a long time, anything to do with it, and people would just blame COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, it's, it's just because COVID, not, not, that was the excuse. For things, so I've got the current magazine is looking pretty decent as well. The one after it, though, the our October issue, because I like to make things difficult for myself. We are doing a bumper issue this year. I had plans to do more than one this year, but I don't have the resources. If we get another member of staff, then we can potentially do them quarterly mm. or at least three of them next year. But the October issue, we're going to 132 pages instead of 100. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you 4.95. So it's 45 pence extra, but you're getting an awful lot more extra pages for it, folks. Um, and it's a Scania special. Mm-hmm. Um, we've decided on that. We've got a lot of fantastic Scania content together, and they've been doing some great stuff um, recently with our modern trucks. It's the most popular brand of truck with enthusiasts as well. So that's the one that I'm going to go and do do first now we've got uh, some old stuff from peter davis and things we've got I mean, we've got a bit of everything from like the peter's going way back as far as old vebus we've got a two series three series four series right up to we've got like 660 um eight wheeler tippers um all sorts so quite um excited excited to get that in there excellent mm-hmm. well funny enough i've just uh my good friend nick garlic picked me up a copy of the truck star uh, yearbook, the Scania yearbook for 2022, which is just a photo mm-hmm. book full of Scanias. Um, so I haven't quite had a chance to look through it properly yet, but that's uh, being as most of them are Dutch. There are a few Brits mm-hmm. and other ones. Being as most of them are Dutch, they are obviously really well turned out. And it was, of course, the Truckstar show at Assen 
just a couple of weeks ago, which just looks absolutely out of this world. And I think I've that's kind of a bucket list show. I need to really need to try mm-hmm. and get across to that. Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe next year or a year after, and just kind of hope it doesn't clash with anything else I've got going on because it just looks. Mm. A whole other, whole other world. Um, I, I stopped in and saw my friend James at HC Wilson's this week, and um, yeah, he, him, and him and my mate Ben had just t- taken Wilson's one four one over for the weekend, and they Ooh, said, nice. yeah, and they said, oh, it's, it was terrible. You, you know, you definitely hate it. You wouldn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's that's got to be put in the diary. Hopefully for next year, if I, if I can. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks. We're pending. Um, we're due to get, I'm due to have a, do a podcast with Chris Madison, who went to Assen. Oh. He has made it back. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to get a hold of him at some point this week live from his truck cab. But yeah, he was out there with a whole squad of them. And apparently, I mean, uh, yeah, I've seen some of the pictures from the weekend at Assen, and it does look really good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I've got a Sine as well. Yes, in Belgium. That's another one. It's C-I-N-E-Y. Yeah. I've got that. I've got a report from that in stock. Yeah, excellent. For um, the, uh, an upcoming issue. Lovely. Uh, I'm just going to see what's in that. So the pictures came in there. Mm-hmm. I've got to put them. i put them in the November issue, I think. Yeah. Oh, some pretty nice stuff. This is all just individual pictures of the trucks. Oh, okay, there must be more than that. Ooh, yeah, there's some, there's some um, interesting stuff for that, Bel- that Belgian show. Eh? Those guys really know. Yeah. Yeah, know the, how to do it like yes. uh, that, there's a, that, that Scania there it's an R series next gen with Prince yeah. like the artist on it you know Purple Rain on it yeah. it's nice um, I, anybody that goes to any of these shows abroad always comes back raving about how good it is mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I've got that lined up I've got, I've got Full of the Pipe as well pa- Paul O'Callaghan was out to Full of the Pipe as well right he managed to he managed to get over to that I got him to come over I got him to come over for the bloody Road Transport Expo yeah um, for the driver's day, which I never made it to because I was streaming with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did, thankfully, make it over to Full of the Pipe, though, which was really good. Excellent. Which I've got that to go in the magazine as well. So quite a lot of good show truck con- content coming up as well. Excellent. Coming in the, co- in the coming months. Huh? You know, those Irish trucks, they boys know how to do it. Yes, well, yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, without a mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. Almost, almost a truck show, but not, uh, a rolling one as such. I, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last time, but I'm taking part in the East Coast Truckers Children's Convoy on the Bank Holiday Sunday of, of this month of August. It's a Bank Holiday uh, Sunday in August. It's a Bank Holiday Sunday, yep, in August. Uh, so that's the, th- no, the th- 28th. 20, 28th. 28th of August, yep, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we will meet, congregate in Norwich and we'll leave... I think it's 94 trucks, uh, two fire engines, and then uh, a whole host of other helpers and whatnot in buses. Uh, we'll have a full police escort uh, through through Norwich out to Pleasure Hills with a whole whole load of uh, disabled and disadvantaged kids. Um, take them around Pleasure Hills for the afternoon, and then we parade back via the marine parade in great yarmouth so right down the down the seafront usually we're met by hundreds if not thousands of people mm. waving the whole shebang on and it's uh it's an absolutely amazing wonderful day uh so if you happen to be in or around yarmouth or norwich on the bank holiday weekend then don't go to pleasure hills because it'll be really busy <laughs> mm. but if you can come and give us a wave 
that'd be wonderful. And if you can even donate any spare change, I know obviously we've got the crisis of living and whatnot. But this, where, do you, where this, do you find this? Uh, where do what? Sorry, it's online. Is there like a page for it to you, go and look at it? Is there like a Facebook page and stuff? There, oh, there, go, go, go. Yeah, there should be. I'm sure there's a Facebook page for the East Coast Truckers, um, and there should be a website as well. And all the money raised will be going towards. Uh, they they owe the, the charity owns. I think like, there's a, got a static caravan that they let out to you know uh, families with with kids with disabilities and stuff like that, and arranging convoys and. Various other things. That's what the, the charity is predominantly aimed at. Is um, you know, giving giving some light to these these kids who who don't have a lot of luck. So yeah, yeah. So, the, yep, the website's there. If you go to eastcoasttruckers.co.uk, just type in. There's an excellent website there. Yeah, um, which has got loads of pictures of the event. Tells you everything about it. The drivers, the volunteers, the constabulary. Yeah. It's a it's a it's what an a, event. Uh, it's an amazing it's an amazing event. It's I think this year I think it's the thirtieth. Obviously without COVID, um, so it's been going a long time. It's it's very well established um, and, and very well known around our area. Even though the media tend to completely ignore it, unless it's a very quiet day, it doesn't really make any sort of rumbles in any local news or anything, which is a bit of a shame. But. That's uh, that's the, uh, the way it goes, you, unfortunately, uh, you know. So uh, n- uh, narrative there, but you know, trucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what, have, what have trucks ever done for me? Exactly. They say. exactly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've, I've, I've emailed uh, Dan, one of our photographers, right now. Yeah. While I was talking to you there, so I've remembered to go and do it because I said I was going to do it the last time, and then I forgot about it. Yeah. So I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. Now that's a really good website. That and some really impressive pictures of these trucks. Wow. A huge line of trucks as far as I can see, and what is, I assume is Great Yarmouth. Yeah. And there's thousands of people around the side. So what are you going to be driving? So I'm going to be taking one of DMP Training's Volvos. I'm going to be sort of nice. toward, I think I'm about number 64, so I'm quite near the back in comparison. But um, I'll still be there. I've got a young lad who he's got learning difficulties and he's had a liver transplant and so on and so forth. So him and his, him and his, him and his mum... Going to be taking them out for the day, and the atmosphere, especially when you when you turn down that marine parade, it's just you get goosebumps knowing what's coming, and and just seeing and seeing everyone's reaction. It's just it really makes you proud. It really, really sounds does. Great, you know, it's, I can't. It's wonderful. Oh, I said great. And, I'd love to go to something like that. I can't. I've got um, I've got um, my um Vauxhall day up at Creel Raceway then. Yeah. At the other end of the country, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sounds good. I you get the GoPro stuck in the window and all that, get a couple of video yeah, clips I'll, of that. I'll, hope, I'll, I'll hope, certainly hopefully do something and, and try and try and do a write-up if I can grab any photos. But yeah, that's the next main thing coming up, definitely. Brilliant. No, that's good. I, and Because so, we mentioned it before, we've got the retro show as well after that as well. Yep. Summer, t- summer, will be, summer rolls uh, well on into September yep. these days, well, especially in England as well. So hopefully that'll be nice and scorchy for that. Fingers looking crossed. Forward to get, yeah, too right. Looking forward, to getting, getting, looking forward to getting down to that one. Yeah, I'm really looking as, forward uh, to the retro as, as well. well. Yeah. yeah, great weekend. So yeah, I'm. Uh, although the F, I won't be taking the F sixteen this year because it's off, off being restored at the moment. So um, I should be hopefully in something slightly different. In fact, it's reminded me I need to just check with the chap who I've asked if I'm still okay to take what he's got. So it's just reminded mm-hmm. me reminded me of that. So uh, yeah, that should be another another great show. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Gaden. Um, yeah, September. I'll... 
Oh, it's nice to have the kind of normality and get back to everything now with all the restrictions and that over the last the last uh, couple of years. It's good. It's be, uh, Saturday the tenth, Sunday the eleventh is mm-hmm. the retro show yeah. at Gaydon. Uh, that'll be good. We have got in the current issue something from you as well. Oh yeah, we've got uh, yeah, we've got we put in the thing about you were at the the other thing at Gaydon. Oh, the CVRTC show. I know, that's in the one that we're working on at the moment. Oh, right, We've got the, that in the, there, ne- yeah. the next edition. Excellent. Yeah, no, sorry, I get, yeah, the one that I'm working on at present, not the one that's actually out out for 10 days. <laughs> yeah, that was the one, yeah, that was, yeah, the one where a lot of creative um, model truck picks and things yes. in it for the model show, I, the yeah. CVRTC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, another fantastic show for the diary for next year. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. It seems like almost every weekend there's a really good show. So, which is nice. Right, sure plenty does. of choice. Yeah, plenty of choice. Mm-hmm. Well, but, um, yeah, I've got some pictures from you. That Iranian Mac. Yes. Yep. Yeah, what a machine. That's what. What can we do with that? And uh, there were some pictures of it. Not a lot, but there were three. I've, well, <laughs> I've got three I ha- pictures of it. I have a whole. I have several more. Um, I've I've, mm. I've written the article. I've spoken to the driver. Did you? Did yeah. You? Yeah. I've spoke. Um, so hopefully for those. For when it makes for that, for, it's going to make the magazine fingers crossed. It, it's a 19, oh, 1970s bonneted Mac from Iran that's still running to Europe, um, you know, weekly or monthly, however you wish to look at it, uh, with a young, youngish lad who absolutely loves it. There's no other way of putting it. It is just, um, I mean, as a rule of thumb, American trucks aren't really my thing. Um, I've I've always been more of a European truck thing, but this thing is just uh it's great and it is it's just something else and, and this guy loves this truck. It is he is like rubber duck from convoy. He loves his truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, that's it's an it's an R six hundred Mac, so it's the smaller version of what the rubber duck has. He had an R seven hundred. Yeah. Uh, or an RS seven hundred Airlink is it full name. This is an R six hundred, so it's like the smaller version, but it's got the same Shape carbon bonnet on it and everything, yeah. And this guy in Iran is driving one, and that's some going. Like I remember interviewing a chap about his Volvo F eighty nine years ago, and he used to drive to Europe, and it was like Mac R six hundreds, and I think you could there could be incredibly crude yes. these things. I suppose a huge, because it was being an American truck, every single thing on it was customizable. Yeah. So you, I mean, a lot of these long haulers in America would have been. A lot more comfortable and everyone. They would have been for the era and everyone. They would have been fine, but not these ones. They were properly, um, offensively like basic. Yes. Like nothing, nothing in them like at all. And they were such hard work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy to see what is basically the same thing. That guy's still running about in Europe, and yeah. I've got to. I mean, I, I guess they must have done some things to to make it sort of more comfortable and modernize it to an extent i guess it has been yes yeah, slightly to a degree but it's still it's still really not anywhere near the standard of a european even mm. even like an 80s european truck it's i, I would say it's not even to that standard so that it, mm. it must be hard work it's got to be a hard drive it's going to be a full-on proper driving experience every single day Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unbelievable. So all, all these people, who, you know, hark back with their rose tinted glasses. They could have a little drive in it and and just see really what it's what it used to be like. And it is for this guy still on a daily basis. So I mean, I take my hat off to him. You know, it's um, it, it used to be a twin stick uh, gear gear change. 
Um, but he has modernised it, so it's only the only the one stick now. So that's that's <laughs> that's made it slightly easier, I guess. I've <laughs> opened a Rainier Mac folder, and we've got a picture of a Scania one one three H. Yes. Yep. And then the back end of two dirty trailers, and it looks like the Mac engine with yep. Ibrahim in the window, but it doesn't have the pictures of the truck. They must be somewhere else. Oh, you can okay. see the engine. Yeah. What, what engine is that? Oh, it's... I don't know. That, it's, a, it's got a brand new belt on it at the front, I can see, and it looks like... It's out of an Ultraliner. It's a Mac Ultraliner engine. It's a Mac engine. Yeah. A Maxidine, then. Max en- Mac engine, and he's now got a Eaton Fuller Road Ranger gearbox in it, rather than tw- rather than the 20-speed yeah. twin stick. So... Yeah, look at it. Just how incredibly simple it is. I'm looking at a picture of the engine now, with the bonnet raised... You've got the fuel filters right in front of you there. You've got the starter motors like right in front of you. The um the the fact that the auxiliary belts has got like a big multi-ribbed belt on it, which it wouldn't have had back in the day, I don't think. That's that modern belt. But then it's got all the wiring and connectors going into like a circuit, like a connector on it. So everything there's just, you know, it, it's designed to be sort of worked on at the side of the, the side of the road. Yeah. Right. Fascinating, proper, proper. fascinating that these still out, still out running. It's amazing running Abs- that to this day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely wonderful. <laughs> well, now, right, have you got any other business for today? I can't think. Oh, I'll tell you what there was. I'd seen a news article. I'd seen. I got sent this. Um, the government is putting out a consultation to see if car drivers can drive lorries without taking a lorry test. Yes, but this so, is this is only up to... Is this, is this like, I'm trying to read, is, uh, I was trying to find out, because I looked at the articles, is this to do with seven and a half tonnes or something? Yeah, yeah, it is. This is basically reverting back to how it used to be, where you, where you pass your car test, you can drive anything up to a seven and a half tonner. Obviously, I'm doing quite a lot of work as driver training. Personally, I'm sure this is probably going to upset quite a lot of, especially the older people, but... I think doing away with the Category C or rigid test is not a good move. Going straight from car to Arctic, personally, I think it's not a good idea. Getting Going straight to 7.5 tonner, it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm still not quite convinced. I mean, originally, the, the whole reason for all of the changes was safety because people were going from a car to an Arctic and then getting all sorts of problems and crashing and so on and so forth. I know that's how it used to be, but the roads were a lot quieter. The technology was a lot less and different and so on and so forth. Um, And obviously, I'm now sitting alongside several people who are coming straight from a car to an Arctic uh, with no experience other than maybe a transit van. So it's it's a hell of a step. Um, Now, obviously, you've got especially for a lot of listeners on on this, people who've wanted to do their tests, you know, since they were young or they've grown up with trucks um, and things like that. So they've got possibly a little bit of experience and whatnot. But since COVID, especially, there's more and more people coming through who are seeing it as an alternative should there be another lockdown, basically. Um, I, for example, this, this week, I took a chap out, although he's decided to do his Category C first, and then at a later date, do as C plus E. Um, he's an estate agent. So he said, you know, but he wants a trade. You know, should things sort of go wrong, he can fall back on truck driving. So there's more and more of that. Whereas before, you know, a lot of people would cut their teeth on a seven and a half tonner. Um, 
but they were they were transport orientated in the first place. Whereas nowadays, like I say, there's it seems to be more the people we're training are doing it as a sort of fallback plan, or you know, if they're going to go into driving, they're not overly fussed because they've still got a career at the moment that they can drop back into if it doesn't work out. You know, truck driving isn't the be all and end all. If you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, so it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I did look up the news thing about that because I was raking. I was like, it can't be big lorries, not because yeah. the news articles were just the kind of it was a bit clickbaity sort of on purpose. And I was like, it can't. Yeah. So it's basically sort of seven and a half tonner. Of course, yeah. seven and a half tonners have basically been binned off. Because nobody's got grandpa, grandfather rights anymore. Folk have like sacked them off. And what you've actually seen is you've seen an, an increase probably in three and a half ton vans mm-hmm. um, because of all of that. I mean, the thing as well that they've made, I don't agree that like a, like a five ton van or like a six and a half ton van, like these big Iveco Delis that you get with the twin wheels in the back, I don't agree that they should be limited to 56 mile an hour. That's Mm-hmm. Fucking not very helpful for them. You know, you could at least limit them to like 62. Yeah. So they went a bit quicker and all that for the size of them and what they can do. Yeah. It'd make them a bit more sort of efficient. But it's basically driven the market for loads and loads and loads and loads and loads more vans, yes. which isn't actually better for the environment or anything like or the roads at all. So it looks like anyway. So we're going to, everybody's got rid of seven and a half tunnels over the years now. They're going to bring that back in, let car drivers drive them. And then they're going to, that's it, seven and a half tonners will be, you won't be, a, people will be able to drive them on their car licence again. Yeah. But there, there is a difference between a seven and a half tonner with a big stupid box body with an overhang on it. Yeah. And one of those Ivecos, which you can take your test in to drive a seven and a half tonner. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not the same thing at all. No. It's not relevant to it, but yeah, you can still go and do that. And therefore, if anybody just wanted the seven and a half ton test, which nobody does anymore, no, very um, few. Yeah, the point. Yeah, and then it, you you might find that if people are dissuade, if people can drive seven and a half off of that, it's maybe going to dissuade more people from going for their um, the license at all. Mm-hmm. Which means you're going to lose more drivers overall because you would maybe get some people who got into driving. Oh, I want my seven and a half tonner. Oh, okay, I've got to go and get my class two rigids. So they go and do that, I and mean, then they can drive a full size rigid. Yeah, which they didn't want in the first place, but then they can. Yeah. So they're out driving that. Maybe they get into the tippers, 32-ton trucks. Hey, I'm going to go for my Arctic license. Yeah. But then if you just let people drive seven and a half tonners, then maybe you are – it's going to have the opposite effect because less people ultimately might end up driving big trucks. Yeah. I'll tell you what um, I forgot to mention yeah. as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Spe- speaking of vans, now we, we discussed these previously on a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and afterwards, uh, a Polish friend of mine, Thomas, who I know through Trucknet of old, he got in contact with me. I hadn't heard from him for a while. And he had listened to it with, with interest. And he was saying about there's... I Now, I can't remember because I haven't got the, the conversation in front of me, but there was a, a sort of glitch in the law in Poland that basically if you downplated a vehicle to three and a half tonne, if you were caught overweight or anything like that, you weren't classed as a commercial vehicle and the fine was, it was something daft like 50 quid or 100. It was a cheap, cheap fine. So all these people are buying like Mitsubishi Canters, Iveco daily vans, which is ginormous wheelbases, and all <laughs> downplating them so they can carry, He sent because he sent me a link and there was like this builder's merchants and they had one and it, it, its payload was 500 kilos. But, but but it was worth doing this because the amount of time you can run overweight 
in if you get caught once a week still, it's still financially yeah. and he and I'm sure he said the record for the heaviest one they stopped and weighed, weighed in at twelve ton, which is just ridiculous. Mm. But even at that weight, your fine is still like you fixed a hundred pounds. Now I've got a feeling he said that they were clamping down on it. But it was just absolutely crazy, and and, and again, this it was because we were talking about the whole tachograph and the operator's license with the vans, mm-hmm. um, and it's certainly been making changes in Europe. Because um, I know my mate has has been crazy busy because a lot of foreign vehicles can't get the correct paperwork and whatnot for for moving stuff about. So he's been really mm. busy doing like legalized cabotage and what he can. So it's um, certainly put the stoppers on a lot of. Um, the more rogue element out there. Mm. So, um, but it, yeah, remains to be seen how it will sort of pan out. <sighs> but yeah, I just thought it was an interesting little point with these, with these vans. If I remember, I'll try and mm-hmm. I'll send you a couple of links. Um, if you'd have a little yeah, look please at do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, mm-hmm. quite comical. <laughs> Pretty much good sign off, finished up with that. I was actually just looking in the computer at some of the other pictures we've got there because we have got a couple of articles for you in stock which will be coming out next. I am definitely going to do the British truck yep. special yep. next year, spring sometime. Right. Um, and we've got the, I see the pictures of the Hastings Transport um, Ford. Rogers Ford Cargos, yep. Yeah, the Ford Cargos. Ah, oh, well, Ford Cargo, free. six wheeler tippers. Free, yeah, free, uh, free of them working daily, yep. Fantastic. I'm looking for anybody listening in on that. I'm looking for working British trucks anywhere in the country. I want to try and get as big a variety as as possible from all the different um, areas in the country. You know, Devon, Cornwall, Kent, up to the you know the north of Scotland, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland. Even if there happens to be any Fordens or ERF running out there, I, I, um, I will. Anybody that's running old. British trucks. trucks. I want to hear. I want to hear about. I want to hear about it because we want to get them. Uh, I want to do a, a, a magazine celebrating them while there is still a decent number of them on the road, uh, lest the government goes and does something stupid going for going forward. Yeah, uh, 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 and they can't run for run run for that much longer. And but um, you know the way things are going, I think they'll just be they'll be just fine because yeah, you know. <laughs> Definitely, and I I will speak to Airs Transport of Norfolk as well because yeah, yeah they've I last time I spoke to them they had four ERF ECs on the road I believe he said with a fifth going back on the road and even potentially a sixth so I don't know if yeah, there's many in, yeah uh, they're featured in they're in bulk tapper and talk this this issue right uh, the, the magazine is so def yeah Airs beautiful fleet they're definitely yeah. one yeah to 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 do some to do something with there especially if they're out. Your part of the world did a load of their trucks out at um, Kelso in 2019 when I was there. Yeah. A load of ECs. I was like, wow. So there are uh, the ERFECs are true survivor. There's uh, it's crazy the amount of them that are still out there and still working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I should certainly keep my eyes peeled for you as well. So see what else cool. see what else turns up. So um, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that wraps this one up. I think. Um, Thank you very much for your time, Matt. Oh, I shall, um, thank you for having me catch again. Up. No worries. Uh, I shall catch up with you again soon. Yes, Take, right, care. Yeah. Take care, Dougie. Cheers. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. 
to find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.